0: We'd like to welcome you back to our current event and weekly Bible study for May 8th, 2011. And we're going to play about four different uh, video or audio clips here. And I will give you the links to the actual videos, but you're only going to hear the audio. If you want to actually see the um, whole clip, I will give you the links here. And uh, we're going to start this one. It's entitled Osama bin Laden was a Bush partner in CIA asset using the name Tim Osman. Okay, so let's go ahead and start this one now. It's
1: on almost everyone's list of the most likely suspects for today's attacks. The
2: to alleged mastermind,
3: America's most wanted terrorist, Osama bin Laden.
1: He has described the United States
2: as the devil.
3: This is the beast. Meanwhile, Osama bin Laden is a name that we have been hearing all day long. They now believe that bin Laden was responsible. I'm told that Osama bin Laden
4: likely deployed more than 50 terrorists. They are
5: now, and I'm quoting here, 90% certain somebody provided the logistical support
2: for this operation under... clearly the only person bin laden comes to mind right away mr Grimmer. indeed he certainly does bin laden this is his mo we have to look
6: to the middle east we have to look to osama bin laden osama bin laden osama bin laden bin laden. osama bin laden osama bin laden osama bin laden Remember.
0: okay so osama bin laden obviously was the fall guy for 9-11 okay so this is the point they're trying to make here regarding 9-11 and 9-11 is a whole other other issue um, that, you know, was contrived and um, so easily debunkable on so many different levels that I could probably do at least a 20-part teaching where we went through all of the various aspects. I just don't have that kind of time. What I do have is a, uh, a Word document. I guess I could convert it into a PDF as well. Uh, regarding nine eleven. if you... If you like that, you can email me and I'll send it to you in either PDF or Word. Just ask which one you want, which form, and I'll send that to you. And I mean, <laughs> that'll there, there's more than enough evidence there, concrete evidence to to uh, uh, amply show that you know 9/11 was an inside job and there was way more to it than what we've been told. So I'm going to go ahead and let this video go further.
5: Twenty-four hours ago, it was the Bush tax cut, the Bush budget, the Bush economy. We don't hear any of that tonight. It's America's enemy. America's under attack.
7: Within hours of the attacks on the Trade Center, there seemed to be one suspect. Billionaire terrorist Osama Bin Laden and his band of ragtag extremists, Al-Qaeda, were to blame. They successfully struck the number one military power in the world in an unprecedented fashion. America would never be the same. The Patriot Act, Homeland Security, domestic wiretapping and surveillance, the loss of civil liberties, all in order to fight terror and protect us here at home. Is Osama bin Laden really... Res-
0: and that's how all these terror-related events um, that our own government is behind are, are contrived. Um, they, th- this is the means to the end. The Patriot Act and all these other things that, that he ended up citing. They're just to take away more and more and more of, a, of our rights and to put us into more and more of a uh, police state ultimately bringing us to a martial law-like uh, system.
7: Responsible for the attacks of September 11. If so, why can't we apprehend it? Did you know the FBI does not list 9/11 as one of Bin Laden's crimes? Why not? According to Rex Toome, chief of investigative publicity for the FBI, it is because there is no hard evidence linking Bin Laden to the attacks. If that is the case, how could the 9/11 Commission conclude it was the work of 19 radical Muslims from the Middle East? under the direction of Khalid Sheikh Mohammed and Osama bin Laden. Bin Laden has been universally blamed for 9-11, but if one takes a closer look at the available evidence, it points to a much darker power. Seven years later, what evidence has been gathered? Let's begin with the hijackers. Many of them were actually trained within U.S. military bases. On September 15, 2001, Newsweek reported that U.S. military sources have given information that suggests five of the alleged hijackers received training at secure U.S. military installations in the 90s. Zaid Al-Ghamdi, Ahmed Al-Nami, and Ahmed Al-Ghamdi listed their address on driver's licenses and car registrations as the Naval Air Station in Pensacola, Florida.
0: In- now these are the hijackers that supposedly were blown up in the planes for nine eleven. They're all being trained in American military bases, just like Obama or Osama Bin Laden is a CIA asset that had worked with the government, our own government, for years. And that his family was an, uh, incredibly good friends with the Bush family, and they actually vacationed together, and they actually had major business dealings that we're going to document together. I mean, it's that flagrant. It's that, the evidence just on that level is so overwhelming, and, and not to mention a myriad of other things that you could that you could look at. You just have to have eyes to see regarding these types of matters.
7: The indication of how the hijackers were tied to U.S. bases was reported on September 12th by Fox and D.C. They stated, Congratulatory phone calls were made from a separate aeronautical school in Florida, which suggests inside help for the hijackers.
0: Now, here at Emory Riddle School in Daytona Beach, investigators say that they did indeed intercept cell phone calls that originated out of here, calls that were congratulatory after yesterday's attacks, calls the feds say were
4: made by terrorist sympathizers here in Daytona as well as in Broward County.
7: The New York Times would report that the Defense Department said that Ada had gone to the International Officer School at Maxwell Air Force Base in Alabama. Abdul Aziz Alamari to the Aerospace Medical School at Brooks Air Force Base in Texas and Saeed Al-Ghamdi to the Defense Language Institute at the Presidio in Monterey, California. The Vice Chancellor for Student Affairs at the Defense Language Institute where Al-Ghamdi trained went public and said, Bush knew of the impending attacks on America. He did nothing to warn the American people because he needed this war on terrorism. He was quickly disciplined and threatened with court-martial. Even when neighbors called the CIA on hijacker, or will lead Alcieri,
0: nothing. Remember, just keep in the forefront of your thought process, order out of chaos, which is their motto. Okay, they're going to bring their order, their solution, out of the chaos they create. I
7: think it was done. Now, you
3: might think that some of the neighbors would be shocked to find out that a suspected terrorist lived right down the street from them, but at least one woman we spoke with was not surprised at all. Diane Albritton was so concerned about what was happening inside the home at 502 Orange Street, she called the CIA. Why was she suspicious? The odd coming and going, um, the different rental cars, the odd-looking
7: people that
3: came and went. At that time, she says, the agency was not
7: interested. How could it be that the CIA wasn't interested in this woman's story? Other government officials would go public as well. J. Michael Springman, a former head of the visa department in Jeddah, Saudi Arabia, would blow the whistle that the United States was taking part in covert programs as far back as 1987 to funnel in and protect Islamic terrorists.
2: Well, it began in Jeddah when I was repeatedly told to issue visas to unqualified applicants.
0: This went on
2: for quite some time during
0: most of my tour. Now, this is the chief of the visa department for America at the time and now he's coming forward saying that you know telling telling what he found in um, regarding this matter
2: we're there under the American immigration laws you need to demonstrate that you're going to the United States for a specific purpose and typically uh, in such a situation you're going to sign a business deal or you're going to go as a tourist to see the Grand Canyon or States as a, as a student to study a particular course of study, and these were people that uh, had no job in one instance. He was a Sudanese uh, who was unemployed in Saudi Arabia and a refugee from the Sudan, but he got a visa for national security purposes after uh, it was taken out of my hands by the chief of the consular section.
0: A visa for national security purposes. The guy had no job awaiting him. He had no job really before and he gets a visa here in America for national security purposes, and then he ends up being one of the many hijackers on this on these planes in 9-11? And it kind of appears that our government had everything in the world to do with this.
2: At basis, though, I really think that these were more CIA assets, people that were recruited, like uh, all of the folks I've been issuing visas to uh, a couple of years previously. And uh, these people... Uh, were tools to be done for a job. Well, the visas issued to the hijackers in Jeddah...
0: The job in this case was
2: 9-11. ...came about as a result of it being a CIA consulate. It was the fifth largest visa-issuing post in the Middle East. Uh, It was pretty much a a closed system, and they simply brought them through there, knowing that they would be protected by the agency, that people would uh, get their visas, or if they didn't get the visas, they could be made to be given visas... Once I got back to the United States, who was out of the Foreign Service. I ran across a couple of people with ties to the American government uh, that told me another story, that the CIA was recruiting fighters for the Afghan war against the then Soviets, and that their asset, Osama bin Laden, was working with them.
0: Okay, so we're going to go to the second part of this particular video right now. In the
5: early 1980s, bin Laden worked with operatives from U.S. intelligence, the Pakistani military, and Arab states. They ran a wide-ranging covert network that recruited and financed Muslim fighters to battle the Soviet army.
7: It is now known that Osama bin Laden was a CIA asset under the codename Tim Osman. Bin Laden would use this handle when he
2: would visit the states. The relationship between bin Laden and the CIA uh was essentially, uh, he was one of the assets, one of the people they could turn to for help if they had questions. If they wanted somebody recruited, if they wanted somebody sent somewhere, if they wanted information, if they wanted something done, they went to bin Laden.
7: Bin Laden isn't wanted by the FBI, and he was on a CIA payroll? Is he the brutal Islamic terrorist we have been led to believe, or a mere frontman?
3: My question was, is it not true... That the United States government...
0: Okay, so now, just so you know who's speaking here, this is Cynthia McKinney, former member of Congress. So this is what she's asking the question regarding.
3: ...paid $300 million to the bin Laden family for the construction of the military camps. At that point, then the person who was uh, testifying had no choice but to admit, yes, that the money had gone to the bin Laden family for the construction of those uh, uh military training facilities in Afghanistan. However, he added that none of that money went to Bin Laden himself. Of course it was a joke.
0: <laughs> so our government paid the Bin Laden's 300 million for this one particular uh military base that they constructed and and you know so I mean, you know there's no there's no conflict of interest here at all, right?
7: ...wasn't the only one working with U.S. intelligence. Hijackers also had ties to federal agencies. Alleged terrorists Khalid Al-Madar and Nawaf al-Zahami lived with and rented from an FBI informant. The New York Times stated on October 6, 2002, the Federal Bureau of Investigation had a confidential informer who rented rooms in California to two of the September 11th hijackers but the Bureau is resisting a request from the Congressional Committee investigating the attacks to interview the informer and his FBI handler. Several members of the FBI had their investigations into terrorism impeded and shut down, especially when they got close to bin Laden.
0: Why would that happen? Well, because he was a protected CIA asset, and he he was going to be used as a scapegoat for 9-11, and all of his little supposed crony guys that got on the the planes that were all destroyed, they were also brought over for this specific purpose and given specific visas for national security reasons or whatever to come over here so that they could, you know, participate in 9-11. Uh, <laughs> it's pretty obvious at this point.
7: John O'Neill was the FBI counterterror chief responsible for the investigation into Osama bin Laden. On August 22, 2001, after claims of a repeated obstruction of his investigations into Saudi funding, O'Neill left the FBI.
0: Now, John O'Neill, the main guy, one of the main guys in the FBI, was trying to get to the bottom of this whole thing with Saudi funding and all of these ties, and you know he was constantly and constantly impeded in doing his job in the FBI. So we'll see what happens. This document is marked secret and WF which means it walked its way out of the Washington Bureau of the FBI. It indicates that before the attack of September 11th, agents had wanted to question two
7: members of a very powerful family for their connections to a suspected terrorist organization, Omar and Abdullah bin Laden. But the agents weren't allowed to. O'Neill went on to take a new post as head of World Trade Center Security. He would move into his office days before 9-11, and be killed during the attack. Yeah.
0: Did you hear that? I mean, do you comprehend what just was said? This head of the former head of this FBI department, who was trying to get to the bottom, who wanted to question uh, the Bin Laden family personally in these types of things, and who was ultimately then moved to the whatever this post at the World Trade Center. And moved into his office in the World Trade Center days before 9/11. So he was conveniently killed in 9/11. I mean, <laughs> this is just one of the many gigantic red flags surrounding. Now, I never even knew about this until I had seen this video. There's so many other things that you could you could report on, but just amazing. I have four children. Uh, this is Bo Dietl, former New York City detective. I can't play this interview because he starts throwing the F-bombs, and I wish they would have at least beeped them out. He's really, really, really mad. He was a personal friend of this, uh, John, I believe, Holden, the the former head of this FBI, and the one that got transferred to, uh, the World Trade Centers, (laughs) a few days before they imploded. The same guy again that was wanting to question the Bin Ladens, and he is really, really hot about um, this particular issue uh, with with um, uh, his his former friend. This and um, I, I can't play it uh, because he just he starts cussing too much, and I just I can't do it. I can't I cannot put it on this on this broadcast. But suffice it to say, he. He says essentially that, you know, uh, the government was totally dropped the ball, and very much heavily implies that that you know they were in on this and that they had everything to do with the you know the deaths that occurred there. Um, and you know, so anyway, let's go further.
7: At a time when Bin Laden was the most wanted man in the world why would intelligence agencies stop their own investigations, especially as they were closing in on him? Robert Wright and others within the FBI also had their investigations into terrorism stopped prior to 9-11. Since August of 1999, I've been working to legally expose the very real and foreseeable Middle Eastern
1: terrorist threats to American citizens at home and abroad. From 1993 to 1999, I was assigned to the Chicago Division's Counterterrorism Task Force. The successful investigation, which was codenamed Vulgar Betrayal, V-U-L-G-A-R, Betrayal, led to the June 1998 seizure of $1.4 million of Middle Eastern terrorist funding. These funds were linked directly to Saudi businessman Yassin Khadi. On October 12,
7: 2001, Yassin Khadi was designated by the United States government as a financial supporter of Osama bin Laden. Larry Clayman of Judicial Watch initially tried to help get right story to the proper authorities. He wanted to come forward long
1: before 9-11. We were taking those steps beginning last summer to do that. The FBI had 30 days to allow that to occur. They violated their own regulations. They covered it up. If you didn't hear me, I went specifically. I called the Attorney General's office just days after 9-11. I said, Dave Shippers and I represent a special agent of the FBI Chicago field office who has years of information about how the FBI did not do its job, did not in any way investigate a meaningful way money laundering in the United States. You're now claiming you want to do this. I'd like to make them available to you, Attorney General Ashcroft. And I was met with a response by Michael Chertoff, head of the criminal division.
7: We're tired of conspiracy theories. Michael Chertoff will later become the head of Homeland Security, a department set up to fight the war on terror after 9-11. Wright was also restricted from telling any specifics about their investigation. Robert Wright was then prevented from working.
0: So in other words, the more wicked and corrupt you are, like Chertoff, whose I believe last name means like Satan or devil in Russian, the more corrupt and wicked that you are, the higher the post that you're going to be able to occupy in the American government and in the coming new world order. I mean, just look at the uh, old commander-in-chief we got right now.
7: On terror investigations. So what happened to Wright? He was demoted in and around the time period
1: leading up to 9-11. He's working on innocuous, meaningless things. That's what he's doing. Yes. He's a paper pusher. It's because these monies were going through some very powerful U.S. banks with some very powerful interests in the United States. These banks knew or had reason to know that these monies were laundered by terrorists. Uh, And there are very significant potential conflicts of interest in both the Clinton and Bush administration, and in particular this Bush administration, uh, who is as tight with Saudi Arabia as you can get. The president's father used to stay with the bin Laden family when he would go to Saudi Arabia.
0: So the president's father, uh, George Bush Sr., would stay with the bin Lads when they would vacation in Saudi Arabia. I mean, they were tight... uh, not only were they really good friends, but they were tight. They had a lot of heavy-duty business dealings.
7: Former President Bush spent the night in D.C. at the White House on September 10th. We've also learned at NBC that there was a President Bush in the White House
5: during the morning of these events. His father, former President Bush, was actually at
7: the White House the morning of the attack. The next day, elite financiers of the Carlisle Group would meet. This global private equity investment firm would profiteer enormously from the wars in the Middle East. At the table were both Bush Sr. and Osama's brother, Shafiq bin Laden. The Bush and bin Laden families had been members since the 90s and would reap the benefits of terrorism coming to America.
0: After 9-11. Okay, so let's, let's just look at that. Bush Sr. happens to be spending the night in the White House on the, the, basically, you know, the morning before 9-11. He's there in the White House when 9-11 happens with his son, uh, Bush Jr., who's the president. And then they have a meeting the next day with the Carlisle Group, and Bin Laden's, I believe, son was there. And they were all there to discuss all of the profits and all of the, 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 the dealings um, that, are going of the doors that are going to be open now because of what happened with 911 the war on terror the war machine the bullets the bombs the everything surrounding the wars on both sides how that they're going to reap billions and billions of dollars off this contrived crisis that they created and had everything to do with and set up and hopefully it's obvious by now just from this standpoint and again if you don't believe that the the thing with 9-11, just, well, go up go up on the internet and just key in uh, 9-11 loose change. 9-11 loose change. Um, and I think there's like a final cut, final cut version. Just watch that. I've never had anybody come back to me and tell me that they could refute a shred of it. That's just one of the documentaries available. There's so many that I've lost track. There's so much information overload rego- regarding exposing 9-11 that, there's like i said i could do it easily a 20 part teaching on that particular subject alone so these devils had the audacity to meet with the Carlisle group which is a you know one of these conglomerate monopolistic type of of groups that profiteer off war and this is this is how all uh, the wars particularly um, world war 1 to korea vietnam you name it pretty much any war that's been fought in the last hundred years and, and probably and I'm sure way back before that the primary motivation um, being Oroab out of chaos and the, and the billions and billions that they'll make off funding and off supplying both sides of the conflict whether that be the oil the gas the bu- the bullets the guns the metal to make the tanks or the missiles or the explosive devices. They're making billions off this, and it's all by design. And then the last thing, and the most important thing is Satan, is all the people that die in the wars and are affected and maimed by these wars because those are viewed as satanic sacrifices by the Illuminati. They're the ones that are behind this. Yes, it is that wicked. And yes, it is that obvious. And yes, it is that flagrant. Hopefully, again, you have eyes to see. I'm sure the average listener I have, this is not a hard to understand it it may be a hard truth but it shouldn't be hard to understand i mean this is just flagrantly blatantly in your face obvious so uh, let's go well let's go a little bit further here the company would become public in other words the carlisle group became public shortly after that now they're going to go into the interview with this guy again this detective that was friends with the the john guy the uh uh, the on the FBI, the guy that was killed in nine eleven, but he had just been moved there. So I'm going to blot out that one. I'm, I'm going to kind of advance it for because he is, ooh, he is a foul mouth guy. He is mad, and I appreciate his passion, but he's uh, he's a foul mouth dude. So we want to make sure we skip that seven forty seven. Um, let's see here. Okay, let's go further now.
7: Do. Yeah is, of course, the bin Laden. While all domestic flights were grounded, suspects closest to the supposed mastermind behind 9-11 were allowed to leave on chartered flights.
2: Let's show you some video that was taken exclusively by News Channel 2 eight days
4: after 9-11. That man there is Osama bin Laden's younger brother, Khalil, who had been here vacationing with other family members there on an estate that
7: they owned in West Orange County.
0: So they can, <laughs> the early night. so they get executive privilege. The Bin Ladens they can fly wherever they want after nine eleven. And you would think, you know, public enemy number one. We want to go after them. You know, the FBI doesn't even have them as listed as their, you know, as even a somebody they're after because there's not enough evidence. They admitted that in the very first part of the thing. And then his brother and his family are able to come and go as they please, you know. And you know the thing is, is they're able to fly anywhere. And yet the ironic thing is Cheney told NORAD, North American you know air defense system, to stand down the day of 9/11, which allowed these planes to fly into the trade centers and into the Pentagon. I understand there's there's controversy over whether the one, whatever hit the Pentagon was even a plane. It looked it, it, if it was, the wings just disappeared. It was more like some type of missile and that's a whole other study you could do on that particular subject, but NORAD was told by Cheney to stand down. They wanted this to happen. They contrived it, they created it, and they did not want anything to impede it. That's a fact. Cheney told NORAD to stand down. That's just one of the many other things that you could bring up regarding this particular uh, thing here. So I'm going to go ahead and let's play another clip here. So you can really get the full, you know... Well, Bath had told me that he had used... Okay, let me tr- see. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to be able to get the volume up on this very much more. Uh, okay, I'm going to try to put the speaker a little bit, the microphone a little bit closer to the speaker. This title of this video is called the Bush Bin Laden Connection. And we're going to go ahead and play this to about the 253 mark here. Here we go.
7: Well, Bath had told me that he had used Saudi money to fund George Bush Jr.'s foray into the energy business. This is the Arbusto Corporation? the Arbusto Partnerships.
4: As Bath's partner, Bill White, says he had access to information about the financial dealings between the Bin Laden family and George W. Bush. He later obtained Bath's personal financial statements when the two had a falling out and became
7: involved in litigation. On schedules that show his partnership interest, he shows a personal partnership interest of twenty-five thousand dollars invested in Arbusto seventy-nine, and another twenty-five thousand dollar investment in in Bush eighty.
4: But according to White, that share was only Bath's commission for investing the Bin Laden's money with Bush. Do you have any knowledge of how much money the Saudis put in? Well, he told me it was in excess of you know a million dollars so there's no question in your mind whatsoever that whatever went into george w bush's companies from jim bath was money from 100% saudi. of it
7: was saudi money
4: and george w bush would have been aware of that oh, absolutely but that wasn't all a few years later another oil company
0: in which and that's the uh, bin laden money in particular to get to make be more specific
4: george w bush was involved needed cash it got a reported $25 million, again, thanks in part to Bush's old Houston neighbor, Khalid bin Mahfouz, Osama bin Laden's brother-in-law. And it wasn't only George Bush the son who benefited. The Bin Ladens did business with the Houston bank where George Bush Sr. was on the board. What time is it? (laughs) Victory time. This is the non-political part of this time. Uh And businessman Bill White says whether Bush Sr. knew it or not, the Bin Ladens were also generous with him when he ran for president in 1988, allegedly finding a way around the U.S. ban on foreign campaign contributions.
7: My understanding from Bath was that they were making campaign contributions by taking briefcases full of cash to the law firms. They would give the cash to the lawyers, and then each of the lawyers in turn would make a $1,000 campaign contribution to Bush. Which would presumably
6: be against electoral law. In the US.
7: Well, it is against the law, but it's obviously covered by virtue of the attorneys making the contributions and
4: when george bush senior became president as with george w more than a decade later the saudis occupied a special place at the white house the oval office always open to one man saudi arabia's ambassador prince bandar he's got instant access he calls him up says i'm coming over he's got instant access to the cia anybody he wants he can summon people he can Call anybody up at home at any time, which most ambassadors in Washington cannot do. Robert Baer served with the CIA for 21 years and spent much of that time in the Middle East. What is the
0: so that's that's another clip uh, regarding the the Bush Bin Laden connection. And notice these are a lot of these uh, re- reports are from you know at one time you know they were mainstream you know reports. It's just that. You might see something like this one time, maybe somewhere, but you generally won't see it again unless you get it through some other alternative media source uh, this next one Osama bin Laden stage media spectacle uh, to be used to ramp up ramp up full scale police state Osama bin Laden okay stage media okay. As I write this article, the corporate controlled media is continually pushing the possibility of retaliation from Al-Qaeda over the death of their leader. Okay, that's all we've been hearing about. Okay. Uh, at this point, the major reason for the unraveling of, this, of a dead man was to condition the public into accepting the TSA's groping in train stations, malls, and sporting venues, and any other major public event. In other words, they, they, they bring this guy who's been on ice for a decade, probably. They thaw him out a little bit and supposedly put some bullets in him and then bury him at sea, if they even did that much. And the reason they're unveiling this dead man is to condition the public into you know, accepting TSA groping for train stations, malls, sports venues, and other major public events. It's all about taking away you know, our rights. That's right, this whole staged event is being used to condition the American people into believing that terrorists are around every corner. The fear will be used to place TSA security so that the so- so-called soft spots nationwide effectively uh, ending America as we know it. Okay, I'm reading this uh, particular video, it says the Bin Laden PSYOP has kicked into high gear the media and certain government officials are saying we are definitely going to be attacked and they are using fake intel from the Bin Laden raid to justify the TSA, DSH checkpoints at malls, trains, stores, and on the streets. Stay alert. The New World Order will likely uh, stage another event. Now remember, the Lord Jesus Christ is in control, but I believe that a lot of this is ultimately Happening and the Lord's letting it happen because America has to be judged because of all the things that we had mentioned earlier. So I don't want us to get too far out of too far that too far out of our sights, like you know, because we're battling not against flesh and blood here. We're we're, we're battling against spiritual entities, and um, this is why we need to individually make sure we're right with the Lord as possible so that he can use us mightily in the days and times to come because he's not going to be able to do that with the majority of the church that's asleep. For I'm trying to be as nice as I can saying that. I'm letting this video play here.
3: Terrorism experts say a retaliation attack for Osama bin Laden's death is inevitable. Terrorists are expected to aim for more vulnerable soft targets like shopping malls, even museums. CBS 2's Giselle Sanchez reports. They are places jam-packed with people. Pedestrian malls, shopping centers, and stadiums.
1: Yeah, I feel safe, but of course, in the back of my head, I know that things
5: can happen.
3: Counterterrorism terrorism expert Chuval Aviv says terrorists seeking revenge for Osama bin Laden's death will turn to attacks less dramatic than the destruction on September 11th, focusing instead on soft targets like hotels, places of worship.
0: And- now how do they know? You know, it's, it's, it's as though they're a spokesperson for all the terrorists out there. Yeah, we're going to, we, we want to just kind of make a little announcement on the side here. We, we're going to just hit the soft targets now. We want to kind of give a, America a heads up, us terrorists. And we want the major news media to be our mouthpiece. So when these very things most likely start to happen, you know, we'll be totally preconditioned toward that.
3: And mass transit, helps. it's easy
1: that's complicated for them to carry out. What they're going to achieve, if they're successful, is to kill as many people as possible.
3: Security consultant David Bohm says the future could include security checkpoints entering all soft targets, like your local department store. Bohm says even with the police presence, the areas are vulnerable.
0: All soft targets. Department stores, most likely grocery stores, um, sporting events, uh, you name it. Can you imagine? I'm telling you, that is where the rubber really starts to meet the road. Ru- I mean, a lot of this may not have affected you up until this point. You may not be flying the planes like I haven't flown planes in a long time for, for these very reasons. But if they start rolling out that stuff, it's going to be virtually impossible to avoid a lot of these things. And um, they're just trying to push your back as far against the wall. They're trying to push you into a corner as far as they can, and, and this is all about the control and creating this police state.
7: All so often because it's so easily accessible to anyone. There has to be um, security checks for the safety of all people.
3: And security is a eternal for some people.
2: So there's a police presence, and they search someone with a backpack. Somebody who looks, not really suspicious, but it's random. So I would go if that is the case.
3: Not if everyone is
4: being searched. It's better to be safe than sorry.
3: Despite the challenges to secure... But you
0: see, the people they're interviewing, I mean, ultimately, you know it's going to take almost nothing for them to cave in on these issues. They're so totally uneducated about what the truth really is. Uh, I'm sure most of them aren't even really Christians. And they don't have a clue. And they're going to go right along with whatever is being told of them. And um, these are things that, you know, as Christians, I think the primary... The most important thing you could do is to pray about them and, um, see what the Lord would have you do in your respective situation regarding you and your family and the people around you. Um, because the Lord may reposition, uh, you know, a large part of his remnant prior to this happening. I don't know. I mean, I can't speak on behalf of God, but you know, that may be the case, um, The Bible says, Jesus said, regarding this time, pray that you be kind of worthy to escape all the things that are coming on this earth, and to stand before the Son of Man. So this is something that you should be praying, and I mean, I think that praying to be worthy to escape all the things that are coming upon this earth, this would be one of them. This would be a major one, right here. This is just the start of it, though. And I'm not saying that to be a fear monger, I'm just saying it because it's a fact, and and sooner or later... It's going to happen in one level or another, and it's better that you go into this thing prepared both mentally and as much as you can prepare physically. Uh, The prudent man foreseeth the evil and hideth himself, but the simple pass on and are punished. Now, that's a verse straight out of the Bible. It doesn't mean that we're walking around in abject fear of man, because the fear of man bringeth a snare. But the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom, understanding, knowledge. The angel of the Lord encampeth around about them that fear him and delivereth them. So the fear of God is what we should be pursuing, not the fear of man. I'm just here to warn you about what they're saying. I mean, I'm not saying this. This is what they're saying. And nothing's really even happened yet. And all of this over over the supposed death of a guy that's been dead for at least probably ten years. All of this over that. Unbelievable.
3: High volume soft targets like here in Times Square. Security experts say one of the best lines of defense already exists and doesn't cost a thing.
7: We are uh, millions and millions of eyes and ears. We need to assist each other and keep each other safe.
0: Freedom. so we all need to turn into little little narks, little tattletales. Make sure that we all turn into our own little respective little big brothers. So we're monitoring everyone around us, including our neighbors and everyone. And that way, we'll really have a surveillance state, a, a, a police surveillance state,
3: coming with an increasingly heavy price in Midtown. Hazel Sanchez, CBS 2 News. Soft target security is a long standing practice in Israel where people and their possessions are carefully examined, not in long collect- at all. The documents from Osama bin Laden's compound have already given up a vital piece of information that Al Qaeda was plotting to strike America again this coming September on the 10th anniversary of 9 11. And the target.
0: Oh, so these are the supposed documents that were gotten from, from the, de- the guy that was dead for 10 years, his compound. Maybe he penned them 10 years ago and they were just kind of sitting there still. I don't know. But that's supposedly the intel that we've got, that we were going to hit again, get hit again this September 11th. Isn't that convenient? Doesn't that help to perpetuate this whole lie that's being shoved down our throats?
3: Trains. Our Pierre Thomas has been told about the details that prompted intelligence officials to issue a new alert today, and he brings them to us tonight, Pierre.
5: Guyan investigators have been going through this evidence nonstop, and the initial sifting of this material reveals that handwritten notes about plans to derail trains in the U.S., Authorities in all 50 states are being warned that al-Qaeda had been planning to attack train lines, potentially killing hundreds on the upcoming...
0: Now, knowing, hopefully we've proven you beyond a shadow of a doubt that this whole thing with Obama was a total lie from the pit of hell... Knowing that, then everything that they say that they found at this supposed crime scene, which is conveniently being bulldozed, which is a lot like what they did with his supposed body, dumping in, in the sea. So now you're killing, you're, you're basically erasing the crime scene. Everything that you find from that alleged spot then is also a lie. Okay, but you know the, the lies just keep going on and get bigger and bigger. You know, and that's what Satan loves to do. The bigger the lie, the better
5: anniversary of 9-11 the bulletin obtained by abc news states as of february 2010 al-qaeda was allegedly contemplating conducting an operation against trains at an unspecified location in the united states on the 10th anniversary of september 11th 2001 as one option al-qaeda was looking into trying to tip a train by tampering with the rails so that the train would fall off the track at either a valley or a bridge you can't guard hundreds of miles of track. And if they can get to one location that's not well guarded and put uh, explosives on it or do something to cause the the train to derail,
7: uh, that's a lot easier than going after an aircraft.
5: ABC News has learned the bulletin arises out of evidence recovered from bin Laden's compound, revealing that al-Qaeda remained fixated on so-called soft targets like transportation. This appears to confirm that bin Laden still had a role in approving al-Qaeda plots, just as he did for nine. Yeah,
0: a role from beyond the grave. What did they do, trans-channel is spirit up once a week? You know, from hell? Uh, and that doesn't work that way. All they'd be doing, even if they tried to do that, is getting his familiar spirit at best.
5: 11, in which he openly bragged about his direct involvement in planning that massacre. I was thinking that the fire from the gas in the plane would melt the iron structure of the building and collapse the area where the plane hit and all the floors above it only. This is all that we had hoped for. One official tells ABC News. So that,
0: that's what uh, supposedly Osama bin Laden said about 9 11. That he was hoping the plane, when it hit the building, would, uh, the jet fuel would melt the whole, would melt a little bit of the steel. See, the problem is, is jet fuel doesn't get hot enough when it burns to melt that type of steel. It doesn't happen. The, the the melting point of steel, particularly that type of steel used in that building. And them you talk about reinforced, was you know not even near uh, the, the the jet fuel wasn't near hot enough to possibly melt that. When those buildings went down, if you have ever seen a controlled demolition where they where they where they destroy buildings, that if the, if if ever I have ever seen a controlled demolition, it was the Twin Towers at nine eleven. Both of the buildings, including Building Number Seven, had been pre-wired. Building Number Seven went down, and no plane had even hit it. But they, but uh, Larry Silverstone, the guy that profited like millions and millions of dollars off the insurance, uh, I think the owner of the of the trade towers and Building Seven, he was the one and it was on record. And I've heard the interview where he said that I told him to pull the barrel, the building. I told him to pull it. That word pull means to control demolition in in a controlled demolition vernacular. So he told them to pull the building. The building, though, all the buildings had already been pre-wired with these um, explosives, these thermite explosives, which actually, uh, the, the explosion and the thermite explosion actually is the type of explosive needed in order to bring down these types of buildings, particularly if you're trying to bring them down in their own footprint, meaning their own their own. They, you don't want to topple the building over, but if you want to bring it straight down, if you look at footage of 9/11 when the buildings were coming down, you can literally see explosions taking place on the floors. You can see windows blowing out on the floors beneath where the um, where the buildings toppling. Explosions one after another, one after another, and people interviewed heard explosions bang, 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 bang because every floor was being detonated as the buildings were coming down. That's what you expect to see in a controlled demolition. And supposedly they got Osama bin Laden here saying, yeah, I was hoping the jet fuel might melt the building. (laughs) I mean, this infuriates me so bad how stupid they think uh, evidently all the people are, and that people buy this, and that there isn't a mass. But see, I guess we're getting what we deserve in a way. We're getting, America's going to get what it deserves, and it's God's judgment. And they've been so dumbed down, that to the point, and there's so much wickedness and so much sin, and there's so much innocent blood crying out from the land. You know, th- I, when I look at it from that standpoint, you know, I'm like, well, God, you're justified, in whatever you do, I mean, if if, if, if you know, if if he were to if he were to come down and judge me right now and, and and destroy me, I couldn't really argue with him. I mean, apart from the Lord Jesus Christ and His shed blood, I couldn't really say a whole lot. Because, I mean, like I said, oh, what a wretch of a man that I am, who should deliver me from the body of this death? So I'm not saying this in such a way where I think that, you know, I'm so much better and they all deserve judgment and I don't. I'm just saying America's going to get what it has coming and what it deserves and what has to come. Judgment has to come. And this is most likely going to be one of the major ways in which God's judgment is allowed to come. Probably this and a whole lot of other things that are going to happen.
5: Materials found at the Bin Laden's hideout include schematics and websites involving a variety of things Al Qaeda was considering. Officials described the documents as aspirational, but not indicative of final. Okay,
0: but do you see how when you're, if you're the average person and you're looking at this and you don't know any of this other information and you're looking at, wow, they found aspirational documents and not final stage planning, and and they found that they were going to hit soft targets in America uh, uh, right around September at the 10th anniversary of September 2011. Well. All of that, if you start giving that any credence whatsoever. Now, I'm not saying there's not Muslims, there's not terrorist cells out there plotting all manner of evil way worse than this. I'm not saying that's not going on. But what I'm saying is that knowing that this is a total lie, if you start buying into any of this stuff, what happens is, is even if you didn't believe that this whole account about Osama bin Laden being killed, if you start to believe this, you'll start to believe the other. You'll start to believe, yeah, maybe he really was killed, because how could they make up all this stuff? This is trivial to make up this kind of stuff. This is just a satanic parlor trick is all we're dealing with here. This is just media lies. This is all you're dealing with here.
5: But the new evidence shows that al-Qaeda was planning attacks that echoed past assaults on commuter trains in Madrid and London. Tonight, throughout the United States, railroad and transit systems are ramping up security in response. And, Diane, this is only the beginning. It's the first read of a trove of materials that they're just beginning to review.
0: Only the beginning. And nothing's even happened yet. So, literally, we are potentially right on the cusp of a police state. And, I mean, okay, it's one thing if they're doing it at the airports. But if they're doing it, if they're going to really get out in public and start doing this... Um, this is going to really be where the rubber meets the road.
3: As we said, it didn't take long. Thank you,
6: Pierre. The world never saw Osama bin Laden after this videotaped appearance in September 2007. But documents grabbed from his compound reveal that to the very end, bin Laden was still at the core of al-Qaeda's operations and dreaming of new attacks against America. CBS News-
0: Again, from beyond the grave.
6: News has learned that memos recovered from bin Laden's lair show the al-Qaeda leader was thinking big. The memos reference potential attacks against major American cities, New York, Washington, Chicago, and Los Angeles. Sources say the writing suggests striking on important specific dates, July 4th, September 11th, and New Year's. That's interesting to analysts because it may suggest a subtle shift in terror planning. Historically, al-Qaeda has attacked when it's ready, not necessarily on holidays and anniversaries. Sources say the memos do not indicate that the potential plots are operational. Instead, they seem to represent an Al-Qaeda wish list, loose, aspirational outlines for strikes the terror group hoped to launch. The memos do not mention any particular mode or method for the potential attacks, and it's not at all clear if any assignments had been passed out to terror operatives. Bin Laden's group also talked about attacking U.S. trains specifically on the 10th anniversary of 9-11. Tonight, the FBI and DHS are spreading that word to law enforcement agencies, but we want to stress to you that so far, no imminent plot has been uncovered. Katie? Bob Morris. This is CNN
7: Breaking News. Uh, we're getting important new information on some of the uh, information that was picked up when bin Laden was killed, our Homeland Security correspondent, Jean Mazur, has been learning some fascinating and critically important details
3: of what? The Department of Homeland Security this afternoon issued an informational alert to uh, people in the rail sector and others saying uh, this was an unclassified notice, saying that back in February of 2010, uh, members of al-Qaeda had discussed an attack on rail Uh, that was to coincide with the 10th anniversary of the 9-11 attacks. That would be this coming September. According to two individuals who I've spoken with who received this notice, uh, it concerned not explosives but placing obstructions on tracks. I'm told that it did not mention any specific city or rail system. Uh, I'm also told that this was viewed as operational. One person said, and I quote, I would not view it as an operational plan. I am not aware that anyone was ever tasked to carry this out. Uh, but I am told by a law enforcement source that this was developed from information seized at the bin Laden compound this past week. So just to be
6: present, when you say rail, you mean either trains or a subway, something that goes
3: on a track? Like That's right. And these have been frequent targets of al-Qaeda. You had uh, bombings in London, for instance. Uh, rail has been attacked uh, in Madrid and other places. Those attacks have involved explosives on trains, according uh, to this uh, unclassified notice put out by the Department of Homeland Security. This uh, aspirational plan involved something different. It involved putting something on the track so trains would derail.
7: And, and to coincide, do something spectacular on the 10th anniversary of 9-11. So here's the question. Uh, why did the Department of Homeland Security release this kind of information in unclassified form right so quickly after the information was gathered.
3: Well, the idea is to push the information out to the stakeholders who need it. They certainly did not give it to CNN. We have gotten it from other sources. Well, uh, but stakeholders, I say, you mean local law enforcement? Local leaders? law enforcement, state law enforcement, uh, the people who operate in the rail sector, people who'd be most concerned.
0: But the main, the main reason is to precondition us to accept any type of totalitarian big brother control mechanisms um, at Whenever they you know have any type of contrived crisis and, and whenever things supposedly you know uh, or if there's any or ever any, any attack of uh, in any way, shape or form, this will just be the excuse to implement it fully.
3: For this they need to have the information at hand and it is not uh, this is not classified quality information that says you know something's about to unfold. this is this just says, A long time ago, back in February of 2010, they were talking about this possibility. We think you ought to know about it, particularly, I'm sure, because that anniversary is coming up in a couple of months. I will tell you that several rail systems uh, uh, with whom we've communicated in the last couple of days had already ramped up security simply because of the raid on the bin Laden compound. They're well aware that rail has been a target in the past of al-Qaeda.
4: Gene, thanks very, very much.
0: It ends by saying they're pushing a they're pushing for a bigger police state and will probably stage an event, stay alert and don't believe anything the mainstream media says. This is a massive psyop psychological operation is what that stands for.
6: The death of bin Laden marks the most significant achievement to date
0: in our nation's effort to defeat Al Qaeda. <laughs> you lying devil. The death of bin Laden again, ten years ago. But you know, these guys are, this is the I just want you to you hopefully you can understand the extent and the scope and the magnitude of this lie from the pit of hell that's been perpetuated on really planet Earth regarding this event.
6: It is death does not mark the end of our effort. There's no doubt that Al Qaeda will continue to pursue attacks against us. We must and we will remain vigilant at home and abroad.
4: Um well I guess we can look forward
0: to more TSA groping police state they're just showing different they're showing a lady being tased in her car that 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 just didn't I think she didn't want to come out of her car and they they were tasing her anyway that's essentially the end of the video there so hopefully that'll you know kind of give you a uh, an idea of what's going on there now I'm going to probably go ahead and go to part three here next because we're going to shift gears a little bit, start talking a little bit more about Israel now, and uh, we'll probably make that to part three. So God bless you, and we'll see you in part three.